Welcome to The Morning Crew, a grief podcast hosted by three gals in their mid-20s. Here, talking about grief is completely normal and a part of our everyday life. So grab a cup of coffee or a drink. Grief conversations can actually be that casual. So let's talk about it. Okay, welcome back, everybody. We are The Morning crew and today we have lots to talk about but first first and foremost we are giving a pre-birthday shout out to Mads whose birthday is tomorrow but it will obviously already be a week later when once this airs um but <laughs> happy birthday Mads we're so excited for you um not exciting to come off your parents insurance but <laughs> overall it should be an exciting birthday uh do you have yes, any plans? Happy birthday, Mads. how are you celebrating thank you thank you um yeah I know I talked to you guys a little bit about it because I'm just like it's such a, a weird feeling I'm having but it feels weirder than like 25 because like I'm on the other side of like 25 and like I have to like I mean my, my dad was like you're in your late 20s and I was like dad don't tell me that like I don't want to hear it um so yeah like he was like Kathy said uh getting off the insurance having to get some last minute dental work done to uh, make sure you get the best uh price possible just but um it's it's good yeah just adulting you know um no it's great um I'm gonna have dinner with my mom and my little step cousin angler tomorrow who is like less than a year old because he was born this year and I want to celebrate that too so um I'm really excited I think it'll be good I feel good about it just a little bit anxious and antsy um but I'm excited about it thank you guys yes you're the the baby of the group so we can say from experience <laughs> since we have gone through the 26th birthday the insurance is the hardest part and you're still like you're still in mid 20s. I would say late 20s starts at 28. And then also I would subtract the pandemic years because we didn't get to fully live our full life. <laughs> so really it's like you're turning 24. I like I'm gonna I'm gonna take that. I mean, I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were like, I'm just gonna blame COVID on things till I oh, die. Completely. Like, oh, like the time that I forgot this assignment at work. Oh, COVID. I mean COVID brain. Like and I was like, no, that's it. Yeah, I'm always gonna I'm just always gonna be a year behind. I like yes. that a lot, Kelsey. <laughs> Yo, you have so much time. Enjoy and live your twenties to your fullest. And we hope you have a great day and celebrate big time. Thank you, my friends. I really appreciate it. And then our other update is Kelsey posted about the podcast on her personal Instagram. So I kind of wanted to ask how that experience was for you because I know I talked a little bit about it when it was my time. So wanted to give you the mic and see how that was for you. Yeah, um, it was – it felt nice to finally share it because it's something that I've been very proud of and have spent so much time on working with you guys the past few months. I definitely think in typical how I approach things fashion, I build things up in my head that it's going to be this big deal or there's going to be a lot of judgment or things could go wrong, and it ended up feeling totally fine. Um, I told you guys I, I shared it and then I went on a flight. So I just turned my phone on airplane mode for a couple hours to just like disconnect from it. Um, but everyone was unbelievably supportive and sweet who reached out and commented and all that stuff. And it does feel good to just kind of have it out there and also like most importantly, open the door up to more people who have been grieving or know someone who's grieving to listen to it. Like I had people reach out in different corners of my life who I didn't realize they were going through something and they're like, Oh, this is great. Like I'm going to listen. 
So that was really sweet to hear. And what I'm maybe most excited about, because it's one thing to just comment on like the podcast existing, but it's another thing if somebody listens to a specific episode and then lets me know that something that we actually said helped them in any way. So I think that's exciting connecting with people and it's out there. So it's good. Congratulations. <laughs> that's so exciting. Um, I know when we were talking about it in our group chat, I kept, I was just getting so, so excited, which reminded me that um, I have a tiny announcement because remember I shared with my friend oh, too yeah. for the first time. And um, if, I forgot we, that happened since, you know, last time we met, but I shared with a really, really good friend of mine. Um, shout out Kate Walsh. And she, it's, it, we're all, all on our different journeys with it. And I, you guys know I haven't publicly shared it yet, but um, it's a little step and it felt really good. And she met me with some wonderful words of encouragement and she loved it. And she listened to all the episodes and I shared those words with Kelsey and Kathy, but it was a step, which is a great, a great thing. So I wanted to make sure I highlighted that. Absolutely. No, sharing with anyone because it is something that is personal and vulnerable. So it does feel like a big deal to share with more people in life. And I will say a lot of people have said that that it sounds like the three of us are like have great chemistry and we know each other so well, which is so nice because I, I think we've said this, the three of us have never met in person before. This has been 100% over Facebook and texting, a lot of group message chats and then recording virtually. So that was also a very nice compliment. Which, by the way, Kelsey and I actually have the opportunity to meet in person next week. So by the time we record the next podcast, Kelsey and I will have met, hopefully, in person at Stagecoach next weekend, which is very exciting, too. Very exciting to finally, after all this time, we've only talked about some of like the deepest things in life you could actually talk about. So it's about time we can we can meet. And Mads, you'll be there in spirit. If we have the cell service to call you in at Stagecoach, we will call you in. And one day the three of us will actually all meet together too. That's fantastic. I'm so excited for you guys. You have to send me pictures. Um, I was funny because today I was thinking, I was looking at my wallet and my phone, like my phone wallet, and I forgot that I had bought Shawn Mendes concert tickets in July in Charlotte. And I was like, I don't even know who I'm going with. And Kathy's laughing right now because in my brain, I was like, oh my God, do oh I fly Kathy God. here? She was the only one. I was like, I was like, I have this. And they're, they're not good seats or anything, but I was like, I have this spare ticket. I have no one to go with. And none of my friends here know me like that. I Kathy. literally fly out. <laughs> You have no idea. Like, I don't care where I am. I will go and see him. And that would be such an awesome, like, bonding experience, too, because our love for him. I was thinking that, too. <laughs> I know. I was like, we will have to, like, follow, like, see where he's on tour. And, like, that would be, like, the best. And, Kelsey, you could just, like, you know, make sure that we don't pass Perfect. out. Yeah, you guys um, have and deep love for him. <laughs> I respect a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. So I support this wholeheartedly. <laughs> Oh my god, that's amazing. Well, I can't I all that to say I really can't wait for you guys to meet and I hope you have a great time at Stagecoach. And again, I'm gonna be having FOMO over here in North Carolina. We will Photoshop you in, slash FaceTime you in, <laughs> slash all of the above. <laughs> I think Kathy, I don't I don't know if we've fully talked about it, but I it's gonna be so funny. I think we have a pretty significant height difference. So I think that'll be oh, funny to yes. experience yes. in real life. Kelsey is very tall and I am four eleven. So I'm very four eleven? Yes. I had no idea you were four eleven. I'm five ten. I am almost a foot You're taller than you. Tall. Yeah. And we're going to be, I mean, we're both going to be probably in like boots of some kind. I'm wearing boots. That'll give us a little. Yes, it'll be like. That'll cancel out then. 
Yeah. Wait, that's a See, I'm I'm five seven, so oh, you guys need me to stand in the we middle of you guys. Like us. you literally need yes. me to so we can just like yeah, I can be like the right down the slide. Oh <laughs> One day and cannot wait for that day to happen eventually. Whether it's for a concert or we meet in eventually. the middle of America because it's halfway or whatever happens, we will meet eventually. <laughs> or Sean Mendez. Yeah, or Sean Mendez, <laughs> any and all of the above. That is my transition, Kelsey, because <laughs> I know that we were talking and you were telling us that you were reading this Brene, Brene Brown book. Yes, yes. <laughs> Brene Brown book. <laughs> Brene Brown book, yes. For the record, thank you. That's yes. hard to say. Yes, a little bit of a tongue twister. But yes, that is a good transition, a good enough transition to getting into our topic today, um, which is jealousy and guilt which we realize are pretty big ones. And honestly, we know that they're like huge and very intertwined. So I was thinking because I think I talked about Brene Brown in another episode. I read her book that came out this year, Atlas of the Heart, where she pretty much breaks down, which is amazing, all of these different human emotions because, you know, in all of her research and the English language in America, essentially people on average only explain their emotions as like, happy, sad, tired, pissed, and don't really have a fuller vocabulary to explain how they're feeling, which actually connects psychologically to how you process it. So the more equipped you are to actually label how you're feeling, the better off you are. So I just thought using this book, it was like literally sitting in front of me. She pairs jealousy with envy. So I'm going to read what the different definitions are because we might be talking kind of about both, but just using jealousy interchangeably. So Envy occurs when we want something that another person has. Jealousy is when we fear losing a relationship or a valued part of a relationship that we already have. So I can see instances where we could be talking about either. It sounds like from her book, it's more often when people say, oh, I'm jealous, like she has such a great purse. That's actually envy. But in the common language, we call it jealousy. And jealousy is more when there's like, you know, two people in a relationship. And so I could be jealous of the relationship somebody has with their mom or something like that. So I thought that was really interesting. But at the core, jealousy or being envy has a lot to do with comparison, which for any of you guys, I don't know if you follow Tinks. I don't know if we've talked about that. But one of her common phrases is comparison is the thief of joy. And I do personally like to live by that too. But it doesn't mean comparison doesn't happen all the time. And with grief, and grief situations, it definitely happens a lot. So starting there with being, whether it's jealousy or envy, in the universe of guilt, I don't know if that sparked anything for either of you guys of what comes up. Maybe Kathy, starting with you, like where where does your mind go when you hear those definitions? Yeah, I feel like, so envy would be like, oh, I'm envious of somebody who has both parents still alive maybe um but then jealous of maybe somebody's relationship with their mom in comparison once to like my mom I would say like that's how it applies to me um and I kind of touched on this on last episode of being envious I guess of my friends who had you know it when I was a teenager and they were like getting into fights with their parents or they like really didn't want to go to their dad or mom's like birthday dinner because they wanted to do like cooler things with their friends or just like would rather like 
uh, you know, like live a teenage social life. And I was like, um, you should be so grateful you have the opportunity to go to your mom or dad's birthday dinner because I don't get that anymore with my dad. So I think probably envious of that. Um, and I also feel like we talked about, there were a lot of like nuggets, I think in last episode that relate to this. Um, the other one being kind of like losing a parent when you're older, cause you've got to understand them from an adult perspective and talk to them and have those adult conversations. Whereas like my brain was still developing and I only had the relationship with my dad from a child standpoint. So there is a little bit of, I'm not sure which one it falls under. I guess that would be like, kind of both. Um, maybe. yeah, maybe both. Um, of just like me feeling, um, me feeling that I didn't get to have that opportunity with my dad. Um, so that's something that I think comes up a lot. Um, and as somebody who lost their parent at a really young age. So when you were at that young age and like you said, your friends are like, Oh, I don't want to go to my dad's birthday dinner. And you're feeling those feelings of jealousy and envy how did you handle it? Did you suppress it? Did you talk to someone about it? Did you even understand you were feeling jealous? Like, yeah, did you know what it did you know what it was? Like, that was my same question. Yeah, I so it's funny you asked that because I actually talked to other adults about it. And I think because I was like, I don't think other kids or other people, other teenagers or my friends or my peers will understand this. I almost like knew that it was too adult of a topic to bring up with my peers, or at least I felt that. And then, and honestly, I guess I can't say that they wouldn't have empathized and completely understood me, but maybe because they hadn't lost a parent, I, I kept a lot of those feelings suppressed, as you said. Um, and in general, I did because I was like, if you haven't gone through it, then why am I talking to you about it? And I remember talking to like, one of my friend's dads about this and bringing this up and saying like, I, this is how I felt in this moment and just feeling so much anger and feeling like I did actually need to talk about it. And it was interesting that I even had the like thought to go to him. Um, maybe not so interesting. Maybe that's exactly like where it would, where I would feel most comfortable talking about it. Um, but he really validated my feelings in that moment. I remember that conversation so vividly being like, yeah, I totally understand like what you're feeling and that's super real, um, that you have those feelings and stuff. And so I am I'm, I'm super grateful for him. And I think there's a whole nother episode topic to talk about how he's kind of also stepped in in a fatherly way for me and been another one of those um, people that stepped in in my life um, and thankfully morbidly still alive. <laughs> um, I haven't lost him. Um, so I'm really thankful and grateful for him. Um, but yeah, like I didn't really lash out at my friend, but I kept it in and I also wasn't in therapy at that time. So I wasn't, I didn't have an outlet to let that out. And that's another thing. I mean, going off kind of on a tangent here is like, I am feel like I'm going through therapy of all of those years where I didn't have it catching up to myself 
where I am now. Mm -hmm. It's like I have to go back and address all of those things. Yeah, exactly. You gotta and start so, at season one. You can't just pick it up at season five. Like you gotta really yes, go back literally. And work yeah, everything. yeah. We're in the no cliffhangers. <laughs> we have to go to like the freaking prequel, like <laughs> as far back as we can possibly go. Um, yeah. So I think like that that's been super interesting, at least like in my therapy journey. And I know like in general, a lot of our shit kind of like evolves from when we were little anyway but it's almost more like double so because I'm trying to go back and tackle like what was young Kathy going through at that time and those moments and those feelings that suppress that aren't maybe now are coming out Kathy you touched on um being young so I I have something great to say but first I want to say I know we're always learning more about each other um but thank you for sharing that and I'm really happy that you had that person before you had a therapist um when just for so many reasons but it's really incredible um and I know you you endured a lot from a young age and um that's really great so thank you for sharing um so you're talking about being young and I know I don't think I said this on the podcast but I might have so forgive me if I did um But uh, I've got two young nieces, Annabelle and Allie. They are 9 and 11. And they around the time recently I had um, my my one year of my grandpa passing away. And around that time, I went over there that day to see my mom. And I like feel like I felt – I don't even know how to describe it. It was like it was like a tick in my ear that I felt like they were saying, Grandpa, 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 every other other word. And they probably weren't saying it any more than normal. But in my like – mind there. And then I had this little bit of like jealousy, envy that kind of went towards like my nieces who I love and would do anything for. It was this very weird thing. And I remember I got in the car and I called my friend and I was like, I don't know if this is real or if this is just what I think it is, but I swear to you, every other word they were saying, grandpa, this grandpa, this grandpa, play with me. I love you. That all this stuff. And meanwhile, my mom is struggling because it's her first year without her dad. And like, so she's at the table struggling about that. And like, I'm trying to be supportive there, but I'm like, I can't even play sequence without hearing grandpa every other two words. So I would be very interested. And I didn't even tell my mom because I'm not going to say anything to her, but I'd be very interested to know if it was any more than normal, if it was just something that my envious brain was putting out there. Um, but it was this really wild experience that I felt these feelings towards like kids, like my, my little nieces and nephews. Um, but it was just an interest and I got over it quickly, but it was just an interesting thing that I didn't expect when I was going through that one year experience. Yeah, definitely. It's like you, of course, like love them, adore them. It's never like anything personal to them. But you, your ears, you were just so heightened to it because it was so on your mind. So you could have noticed like a commercial in the background of TV if it had a grandpa figure in it, probably that much more. And it doesn't even have to be an anniversary. It could just be a day that you're thinking about them more where it's like your senses get heightened. And the second you mm-hmm. hear, see, smell, listen, like all senses can be activated. And it's crazy. It like puts you on high alert for it. Yeah, and that actually reminded me of um, an interview I saw just, I think, when I was following some sort of grief account. And um, it's interesting and something that we could talk about to maybe somebody who has a kid that has also lost their parent. 
um, because I none of us are in that boat currently. Um, but I, I remember listening to this interview and she was talking about how she was jealous of her daughter because her daughter reached the age that she lost her dad. And so seeing her own daughter with her husband, like was making her feel th- those sorts of feelings. And that has never even like entered into my mind. And I was like, whoa, that's crazy. Like that's something that could pop up in the future of like seeing maybe you're it's because it's literally like a part of yourself go like at that age when that happens. That was also something like super mind boggling to kind of hear about. Whoa, that is layered. That is deeply layered when we talk about grief just kind of intertwining and everything. And then, it, and I know we'll talk about guilt later, but then it probably connects to guilt too because you feel guilty for feeling jealous in that situation also. So it's like this horrible cycle. But that is so crazy that you, I mean, that, wow, that's, that's a mind blowing thought that she is jealous of her own kid because her own kid gets, and she gets an up close and personal view of what that kid's relationship with the dad is like. That is a, fully something she didn't get to experience, but she also helped create that life and is probably deeply encouraging of that relationship. So what a wild, twisted, layered, emotional (laughs) deal. Jesus, grief is just a doozy all the time. It's so layered and complicated. And just another one of those examples of like, oh, maybe you think it's over. And then it's just like, it'll (laughs) pop back in another at any moment. (laughs) Just to be on the lookout. <laughs> It'll always be yeah. jumping around the corner. Um, but that's that's interesting. That's an example of jealousy coming in with something very large. I would say when I've thought about jealousy, and I obviously have had a smaller window of time to be thinking about it, it's like, yes, the big things come to mind that we've mentioned on here. The weddings, being at someone's wedding and being jealous that I see their mom and the getting ready pictures of a wedding and we could do a whole other episode on weddings or jealous of those big milestone moments. But more day to day, the things that I'm jealous of are the little things that I don't have. So like having your mom on your favorites list on your contacts, like that was something that I annoyingly had to delete at some point when she was like the top person on my favorites list or just being able to text them or how, oh, I was driving home and I called my mom, like the really casual comment of things like that or being in a store and wanting to buy them something or there's an inside joke, but you can't say it because they're not there. It's like the little things that I get jealous of, but I really do want to preface it with it is truly never personal. So anyone in my entire life who's since my mom has passed said any of those things, I don't at all associate any like resentment or anger at all to the person who's saying it. It is completely separate from that. It is my own interpretation and me internalizing like, oh, I'm jealous that that I can't do that. I was going to ask you, Kelsey, um, that's a heavy feeling to have. Did you, if you feel comfortable answering, I know it's only been a year, but do you feel, or have you had those instances where if your best friend was complaining about her mom or got in a fight or was like, my mom was such a bitch today, did that, how did you respond to that? Did that, has that happened to you? How did it hit you? What did you do? How did you react? Yeah. I mean, I, I've only had little instances of that with friends talking about maybe 
um, a mom experience or something along those lines. And it's almost like, like how we're talking about your senses kind of get more on alert. Like I'm still in the phase and maybe it'll never go away where if anyone mentions mom, I do just get a little bit more alert. Like it triggers a little something in me, but I think maybe it is fresh enough that my friends have not fully done that with me. I would say like thinking about it, maybe they'll be like, oh yeah, I called her or this, which like, I don't need everyone in their life to never mention their moms to me ever again. Like truly they're pretty fleeting moments, but I definitely just try to like, okay, be present. Yes, you have a different perspective, but just like focus on being a supportive friend in the moment or just responding normally. And I do have the thought of like, make sure your body language and your facial expressions stay aligned. Like I don't want to throw anyone off that I'm having a blip of a jealous moment because it's ultimately not that big of a deal. And it's just part of the deal. Like Kathy, you can probably speak for years of this. Like, it's just like, again, I don't have like anger towards anyone and I don't want anyone to not want to talk about their mom with me. Like that's a really special relationship and a big deal for a lot of people. And it's the whole, like, I don't want to be treated differently. That's one of my biggest fears going into grief. That was honestly a fear of sharing the podcast. I don't want anyone to treat me differently. I don't want the sad puppy dog eyes. I don't want people to feel like they're filtering what they can say and not say around me. Like it's on me to handle if I'm being exposed to mom content and that makes me feel a kind of way. I don't want to be like going through the world differently if that makes sense or resonates with either of you. Have either of you had those experiences like – where you, I mean, I, I know Kelsey, you just talked about it or Mads, have you had those experiences where people kind of like edit themselves or there's what they're talking about, like to be careful not to bring it up or say something in front of you? It's interesting. That doesn't happen so much to me because I think that my loss is more of a common loss. Um, and so people just don't talk about that stuff that much anyways, because the whole reason we're doing this is because grief is, you know, but when you're in, when you become our age, like it's natural that the older people in your family are going to start passing away. So um, not that even if it wasn't expected, you know, so although I don't really think that I've been in a situation like that, but I will tell you that one of the weird pings of jealousy I felt, which I know I mentioned it before, but it was when my sister got married um, and she got to have my, or she didn't get, or no, she got engaged. And so Papa got to meet who her husband is and like, he will never know my partner. Um, but one thing, which is why I asked that question, Kelsey, originally, and it's interesting to hear you guys talk about it. Um, my best friend in the entire world is... 10 or 11 years older than me. And she lost her dad when she was in high school. And um, she's always been this role model figure because she's been older than me. So there have been so many times where like I didn't realize things or didn't realize how that it had been like it's been 10 years now that since her dad has passed away. And I was th- going through all this stuff of being younger than her that I'm just now starting to like, realize and experience. And I'm like, maybe next time my dad pisses me off, she's she's always my first call. Maybe she doesn't have to be my first call that time. But it was things that like I was so young when I was with her that when I got to know her that like it it didn't affect me and like not that it didn't affect me like her dad I never even met him and so it's just interesting that um I kind of try to be cautious even with the most like the most special person to me um I don't know if either of you have, have either of your friends have you noticed like your best friends or your people like not bringing up stuff or not doing something that they used to do Kathy I feel like um 
when I was younger, that happened and people, I think when it's fresher, it's, it's just more in people's minds. And then as you grow older, it's like, okay, you can't always be, be expected to like, not be talking about um, your parental figures, especially if they are such a big part of your life. Um, but I also wanted to say like, parent dynamics are super real. And when there are unhealthy parent-child relationships everywhere and super present. And so I think something that I had to learn and that was a big eye-opening like experience for me was understanding when it was like crossing a line of like, like when a person was really venting to me about their relationship. And I think as I got older, when I was understanding like more real adult child and parent dynamics and understanding like what were healthy boundaries and unhealthy boundaries and not feeling like just because that parent is alive in their life doesn't mean that they have it so much better than me or that they should have a relationship with their parent because it may not be healthy for either of them. And that was a really tough thing and pill to swallow because I was always coming from the camp of, well, at least they're alive. Like, at least you get that chance. You should always like repair it with that person. But if that's so not the case. Like there are really unhealthy relationships out there that maybe it's not meant to be like they are meant to be in contact or they are meant to be as close as like maybe other um, parent child relationships are. And so that's just something that I've also had to learn through my own journey of feeling like, okay, I'm so envious that your parent is alive. But at the same time, like just because they're alive doesn't mean it's all like peaches and roses or, or dandy or whatever, like, um, in their world. And that was something I really like, I was kind of caught off guard a little bit when I had that lesson. That's a great point to make because with comparison, I feel like comes a lot of assumption that you're, it's like when you're comparing yourself to someone else, you're assuming something about them. And so that's a good point to make in this is like, you're assuming someone has it better off than you if you're jealous. And that's a great distinction to make that just because they're alive doesn't necessarily mean they have the most healthy or positive relationship. Um, one other thing I wanted to add to what Mads was saying too, is like, if you felt friends edit themselves, it's hard to tell. I don't think fully, but I really hope People don't like, sure, maybe not every single day of your life come to me telling me about how great your mom is and this problem with your mom, like every day, all day, nothing else. Like, yes, let, let's maybe be aware of that. Um, it'll be interesting. And I'll tease our next episode is going to be about Mother's Day. And this upcoming Mother's Day is my first Mother's Day without my mom. And I can foresee, talk about jealousy. I'm sure I will be feeling feelings of jealousy on Mother's Day, if I choose to look at social media, which I might just avoid for the sake of me, again, nothing personal. I wouldn't want anyone to not post a picture with their mom. But for me, I just to avoid having some of those feelings would avoid probably looking at that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one. And outside of it being like excessively in my face, I think letting me be the person to regulate it and not putting any blame on anyone who's talking about it to me. It's interesting that you say that because um, I know that something that I've realized in like when I'm doing marketing and stuff, and I mean, now I have a bigger mind for it because we're doing this, I think. But 
even today I was talking about, you know, send me a picture of your moms or whatever. And I'm more aware of it. And I'm like, it's hard to not want to do that. But like, cause you, as I know, like I know that, um, I post every year that it's like this day is hard for some people, but it's, it's hard when you're like representing a brand and it's like, what's staying on trend or being like the brand that you have to be. And what is being aware that not all of your consumers can celebrate this. And so, but it's the same. I mean, it just, it goes, I've, I've something I've been thinking about with this all coming up. So it was interesting that you said that Kelsey about like, if, you know, if you choose to be on social media, and I know we've talked a little bit about that, and I'm sure we will next time. But um, I wanted to touch on that before I forgot, because I thought that was that was really interesting. Totally. And like guilt, bringing the guilt side of things in, I f- do feel guilty that I feel jealous. You know what I mean? Because I, I don't want to like, mm-hmm. like, I feel guilty that I feel bad, or I, I don't want to make other people feel bad. So guilt becomes its whole other thing too. And there are a lot of layers going back to the lovely Brene Brown book. We love her. I'll just read how she defines guilt. Um, Like shame, guilt is an emotion that we experience when we fall short of our own expectations or standards. However, with guilt, our focus is on having done something wrong and on doing something to set things right, like apologizing or changing behavior. Um, So she uses that compared to like being shameful of something is like, I'm ashamed it's to my core, but versus like guilty, you're, it's just an action that you feel like you can fix. So I don't know how that resonates, but I I feel guilty more on the lines. Like I say, when I feel jealous or feel guilty that I can't be of bigger support to my dad than I am or to my sister, um, Some people maybe feel guilty about the relationship before the person passed. Like guilt is another one that's just weaved all in there. Yeah. Um, For me, I think when I think about guilt, it's a a little bit of a heavier one um, because I was such a kid when I was going through this that it's like, you wish you could go back and like ask all these questions and have all of these conversations. But it's like, I was just living my true self at that age. Like a lot of kids and especially like the tween years are like having trouble, like figuring out who they are. Obviously we're like, and for many more years to come, but it's like, I wouldn't have sat my dad down and like learned about his history and his life beforehand. Like that just, that's an adult like mindset that I just didn't have as a kid. So for me, it's kind of going back and not feeling, not blaming myself so much for like not doing that. Um, That's kind of stuff I've had to unpack and like not shame myself again. Like how you said, it kind of goes hand in hand with guilt of, I wish I had so many more conversations with him, especially in those last like two years. Um, and on top of that, my dad died from throat cancer. So he actually had half of his tongue surgically removed and he couldn't speak anymore. So there were lots of times where conversing with him was literally just like such a hard concept for me to wrap my head around because it would have to be like me speaking to him and him like writing down on a whiteboard like presenting that back to me and I think I literally avoided it like at all costs because I was like I'd rather just not talk than it be like that and I feel so much guilt for that that's that is a big one and thank you for sharing that like I can't wrap my mind thank you Kathy around the layers of how challenging that would feel and 
being so young and not being able to process that at all and probably feeling so angry that that was happening, that it was almost like I'd rather not deal with it than try to deal with it. And you were so young, you like can't place the adult expectations on child Kathy, but that must be so hard to, like you said, look back and try to like merge those two ideas together. I would like to believe, because of course in the moment, like your dad would have been looking at you as a kid and only expecting you to be exactly who you were and like loved you for who you were but that that it would be a really tough one to swallow yeah and I think like my coping mechanism was literally to avoid it in a sense of like avoid the pain and like not speak and it's again like this like vicious cycle of like uh and I think I'm getting better at like at being less shameful with myself and not blaming myself so much that I was just a kid and that if that was my coping mechanism like that could have even been my coping mechanism as an adult like I could have just shut it it out because it was too hard for me to handle so I I really do go back and try to like not shame myself so much for those years where I just didn't even try um so I don't know anyone's out there that has kind of experienced like when the pain is just too much in front of you that you just avoid it and almost like avoid the relationship to an extreme not because you don't love the person and you want to but just because it's too much for you I've been through that well Kathy thank you again for sharing I can't imagine um I will share my shameful secret with you too, since you shared yours and even at the playing field a little bit. Um, but one thing that I've struggled with the last year or so is I'm going to try to use the proper jealous envy. Um, I was very jealous of my friends. So I didn't really, and I'm sure I'll unpack this more as we go on, but I was with my grandfather. I was the only person with him when he passed away. Um And I told my mom, I told my grandma, I was one that told everybody. And so I remember like this whole year, this whole past year, I've been like, is this something I should say in therapy? Like I was with a man when he died and I was with one of my favorite men when he died. And I don't talk about this. I have not said this to anybody. I have not said it to my sister. I've not said it to my best friend. I have not said it to anybody. But I was like, is this something I should talk about? And then I would notice that like I was so in this like guilty state, like my – co-worker and dear 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 friend who I adore was talking about how her her papa passed away and like one of my thoughts that I had had was like well at least you didn't watch him die like shit like that and I was just like why I had this now I had that I have this guilt after it and so I was connecting with an old friend of 20 years the other day and she we were talking and I mentioned something along the lines I don't remember what it was I think I might have just told her and she had mentioned that she was with her grandma when she passed away and she called her by her name because she was like a grandma to me. And I was like, this happened seven years ago. And I had no idea that you were with her when she passed away. And I was like, you know, I've been feeling this way for the last year. And she was like, I feel so guilty. I should have asked it, reached out to you because I knew that. And like, I didn't even put two or two together and I didn't know that you were struggling with it. And it was this whole crazy, like full circle moment that took a year to get to with one of the closest people in my life. But it was this guilt thing that I find myself. It's like disgusts me. Like it makes me sick that I feel that way sometimes. Well, thank you for sharing that too, Mads. I feel like this is really important to talk about because like you said, even with your closest friend there, one of your closest friends, you both felt like you couldn't share that. And I think we could all, we could do a whole other episode about 
this, I mean, it's, it's a heavy one, but I was also physically there when my mom passed away. And I found that there are a lot of hard details to share that I, you know, don't in everyday conversations, but I feel like if you look at the umbrella of grief and what people feel comfortable talking about, what people don't in the really big bubble of things not to talk about is like that, the like the experience of physically being there, watching a person you love die. Like there is no way to sugarcoat that. No way. And it does become a weird, I want to say like grief off of like who's had the worst, more horrible, traumatic experience of of being there, but trying to take the comparison out of it. Obviously, losing anyone is extraordinarily difficult, but layering on, it's the combining of grief and trauma, right? Like losing someone, the way I understand it, is a trauma anyway, but a really in-your-face, like capital T trauma is experiencing watching any human being passed away, let alone someone really close to you. Um, So those details are not ones that I've really shared with anybody either. And I, you know, it's like feeling guilty that you can't do more, feeling guilty that I would even some of those late nights at the end there even go to sleep for like two hours because I was like missing out on like time being there with her and like, my sister and my dad and I were like very much all there together. Um, but it, it's, it, we're, we're hitting on an area of grief that I feel like and death and loss that no one goes to. And I know it's tough for all of us to tap into that. Like that's in, if you think of it as like one of those dolls where like the layers keep coming out of the dolls or like the smaller one and then the smaller one and then the smaller one, the Russian dolls. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is like in the center of the Russian doll that like, it takes a lot to like peel that one open. (laughs) But it's, I mean, I'm glad Mads that you and your friend did eventually talk about it. And Kathy, I'm glad you've been able to like talk about that in therapy and everything. And I've been able to talk about mine in therapy too, because those, those are really tough ones. And for me, I have this crazy hindsight. I've loosely mentioned this on the podcast, but my mom was with her dad when he passed away and was physically there with my grandma. Um, and so now having the knowledge that I do and the experience that I do, knowing she had that experience, I feel guilty. I wasn't able to be more there for her and really understand like what kind of again, trauma that is to be there for it. So these are all tough ones. Um, yeah, I have a brief, what, we were, what you said was interesting about realizing what your mom, um, that your mom had gone through the same thing. I remember like when I had gotten there, I'll, we'll walk through it one day, but when I had gotten to where my grandpa was, I my sister had called and was like, grandpa has a few hours to live. Like you have to get here. Like you have to get here. And so they they told him to wait or whatever. And he waited for me to come. And so when the time I had gotten there, my mom had had this week with him. And so she very much wanted me to have my time with him because I hadn't had it yet. And so I've had this kind of guilt there that I'm like, I was with him when he died. My mom couldn't be because she wanted me to have that experience. And like, I remember, because there was times that I was like, mom, come in here. And she slept on the couch right outside. But I guarantee you, if I wasn't there, she would have been with him instead. And so part of it, I've had that too. Like she, and I I was, I remember her. She's like, my favorite was when I could just hear you talking to grandpa and like, like all night. I'm like, I wish that she was in there, but she very much wanted self, unselfishly wanted me to have that. And it's some other piece of guilt that creeps in that I didn't even think about. 
talk about theme of the episode is layers. That's another crazy layer. <laughs> but like that, that's that's very sweet though that your mom like wanted you to have that time and that she had the week's worth of time. And it's not like she could control exactly when it happened. And it sounds like it brought her comfort to hear overhear it. But that's that's a hard one too. Like regret is a word we're kind of all referring to, but haven't directly said the word regret. And I think regret is one of the shittiest feelings in all of life. Like obviously it's the, the joke of, you know, no regrets is a thing people say, but in the scheme of grief, I'm all about feeling productive all the time. That's one of my things. And I always feel like feeling like regretting something is not productive because there's truly nothing you can do to go back and change it. doesn't mean you don't feel that way, but I do everything in my power, at least personally in my grief experience to not fixate on regrets, to not try to create regrets, to not like think too hard about it. The second I feel a regret coming into my brain, I really try hard to tell myself, nope, not worth it. Think about something that you like gained from that experience or try to think about you know, I, I think that's been a big learning and how I've been processing this is if I get the smidge of I should have gone home more weekends or I should have done this or why didn't I call her one more time? Like, nope. What is that going to do? I can literally do nothing about that now. Our relationship was I was very lucky. It was amazing. She like she knows how much I loved her. Like, so I don't know if you guys have ever like caught yourself in it and can like self-regulate it now, but I try real hard to avoid the regret thing because it does nothing for me. That's a really good takeaway. And hopefully like listeners can kind of relate to that. Cause I know it's something, a reminder that I need constantly, even after so many years, like I don't even think I look at it like that. And so I thank you for that. And I think it'll be something I (laughs) use and kind of like a constant reminder because that's already like such a healthy like coping mechanism (laughs) that you've learned so early on. And I think you're so right. Like there's nothing productive about that. And there isn't literally nothing we can do anymore. All we can do is like look forward and learn from whatever we have in the past and apply like if we really want to make, you know, the most out of the ones that we do have still here with us, like, that's the biggest, like, lesson learned, I guess, um, instead of regret, because then you just pay it forward in with your current experiences in your life now, and how I want to, like, make every moment of my future relationship with my children, and really, like, living in the present, because you really don't know, like, no, tomorrow isn't, never guaranteed morbid as that is like you really just have to live in the present and make the most out of every time that you do have so thank you for that and thank you for both again for sharing about those experiences that are and can be really um kind of not touched upon when talking about grief especially being present um on the day and the time and all of that experience. Um, I know I personally wasn't there to witness it. And so I always truly, truly empathize and um, try to empathize, I should say, and really admire like people's strength that go through that because it's trauma and it hits you. So it's good to look out for, for yourself. For sure. No, thank you, Kathy. I, I don't know how that one has clicked so much, but I just think of it as like the second you start to feel 
like you're regretting something, like envision the most massive fly swatter in your brain and just swat it away. <laughs> like, no, it is not needed. Don't regret that. And I love the paying it forward because that's very much how I try to reframe too is like, okay, so what I could have, I called her a couple times a week. Should I have called her every single day? I don't know if that's realistic, but just channel that into my relationship with my dad, my relationship with my grandma, my relationship with my sister, the people who are physically here. And it is just a really good reminder and takeaway for anyone listening of just being present with the people who are here. Um, always like sharing with people how you feel and just remembering that it is, I feel so much in the small moments. That sounds so fucking cliche, but it's in the small moments more than even the big moments, <laughs> like in the little things, like texting them and like bonding over a TV show you just watched more than like big extravagant birthdays, you know, things like that. So that's, I feel like a good takeaway to take from this one for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Kelsey, you guys all saw my backpack of tricks. Now I have to make Kelsey's fly swatter. I'm going to make a graphic with your fly swatter on it. Um, That's amazing. Fly swatter with the word regret. Just fly swat the regrets away. It's not It's not helpful. I can make a movie. I'm going to make a movie. I think that's a really great note to end it on, guys. I wanted to also take the time to thank you both for sharing. Um, we covered some good ground today, I think. Um, Kelsey, you usually do the spiel. Oh, let's it, let's do it. No, I also think that's a good note to to end on. But um, as we teased already, the next episode is going to be all things Mother's Day with the first Mother's Day. Matt's touched on kind of like the corporate and the businesses talking about Mother's Day and our experiences and social media and all the things that come with it. So that'll be next time. Um, we have now, we've been growing followers on different platforms, which is exciting. So follow us on Instagram at The Morning Crew to see all these fun graphics. Um, we are slowly growing our Facebook group. So if you want to be a part of kind of maybe a more intimate group and you've, you know, experienced grief or want to give advice or ask for advice, that's been picking up, which has been exciting to see. Um, we'll make sure to include that link. It should always be in the show notes if you are interested in joining the morning crew. Um, and just like subscribe, share it with a friend, start a conversation with someone about grief. If you're nervous about it, um, we're just excited to have you guys all listen along if you've made it this far. And if you have anything that you want to say or reach out, uh, email us at themorningcrew at gmail.com because I've worked it into my everyday checking routine and I have no one to talk to. So um, shoot us an email and we'll see you guys next time. Thank you.